Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talked to Charlie again. You probably remember Charlie from a couple different interviews. He publishes a huge amount of content in what, I mean, it's actually a short amount of time, and he works a full-time job. It's pretty cool because we had him on recently in the last couple months and we chatted in October when he first started monetizing this particular site. His goal with this site initially was to publish about a thousand articles in 2021. He accomplished that, which is a a great, uh, great accomplishment all by itself. But the cool part is he hit uh, record revenue in December. And I'm going to let Charlie tell us about what that was in just a second. But Charlie, how's it going today? Hey, Doug, always great to be back on your show. <laughs> yeah, so what revenue did you hit in uh, December, if you could run down some of the stats just uh, along the way here? Yeah, so when I gave my update for our last time we spoke, it was just my first full month on Mediavine, and that was October of 2021, which only brought in $1,300, which was expected because I just eclipsed the 50000 session per month mark. But December, the site saw huge growth in traffic and then also really benefited from the Q4 RPMs on Mediavine. So it had just around 150,000 sessions in the site for the month of December, and it brought in uh, just under $5,000. I think it was uh, $40 away from that, from that milestone, but hope to hit it this year in 2022. Congrats. That's uh, pretty amazing because you started the site in December of 2020. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. The goal for the site was always just get up a thousand articles, worry about monetization and all that other stuff later on. And as that all kind of moved along quickly in September, when I applied to Mediavine at the end of September, got on the platform in October, and then traffic really started growing with the whole sandbox element to it at the eight to 10 month mark. So it's really all come together quite nicely and gives me a good plan for heading into 2022. How many uh, articles or posts are on the site right now? Just around, uh, I think the actual number is 1,046 articles, um, which is more than I even anticipated. I thought I was going to hit 1,000 articles and kind of stop, but it's it's not that easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into uh, some of the upcoming plans and what the new targets might be. But I want to... I want to ask you about the sort of trajectory because, you know, you published a lot of content and you did mention the sandbox and like a little extra growth, maybe after eight to 10 months. But what did you see in the first uh, few months or so, maybe the first four months? Yeah, so it was a very uh, lonely and concerning uh, traffic growth those first couple months. And just to remind you, I did have a site before that we've discussed about briefly and I still do have that site and it still does make a little money here and there but I didn't really have much experience to building you know a website putting on a bunch of articles and not receiving traffic for months like that part was quite concerning and obviously this was a heavy financial investment so putting thousands and thousands of dollars in the first couple months outsourcing content even writing a few articles here and there and not seeing traffic was alarming right but I really just tried to stick to the process. I think the most important thing during that time that kept me motivated was actually listening and watching other journeys and being involved on YouTube and different message board communities and seeing people track their growth and saying, oh, you know, keep at it. The six months, you'll see some, you'll see some life. The nine months will really start to pop. And then after the year mark, you'll, you'll be very happy with the money you're starting to make if you really put that effort in. So that was the biggest part of this journey was just putting in so much time and effort into building content in that first six months and not getting discouraged at all. Don't wait for those positive signals. Don't wait to start making money from, you know, Ezoic or Mediavine or whatever ad network you're with. Just keep putting out enough content. Just trust that if it's good content, if your keyword research makes sense, it's going to work. And I'm so happy I did that. I doubted myself a lot in the beginning. I tried to remain positive. But when I kind of track this whole journey, the fact that I kept publishing content is what allowed it to succeed to where it is now. I'm going to come back to that in a second, but how much did you spend total? And I didn't tell you to pull that ahead of time. So if you could just ballpark it 
that'll be good. Yeah. So when I documented putting out the initial investment, it was going to be $20,000 for a thousand articles. So that's $20 per article. Along the way, I found a lot of writers that I liked at the $25 range, the $40 range. I had one writer work on some massive piece of content for the $60 range. And these are in terms of a thousand word articles. Um, so that number did change. I think at this point for the 1,046 articles, I'm right around maybe the $25,000 investment mark. Um, a lot of my articles are a thousand words. I'd say like over 95% of them. So that's what helps that figure stay low. Um, I did write some content on my own, but I did hire some maybe less expensive writers because I did spend the time going through a lot of applications, hiring people that made sense. I give them such a structured format where I'm really just asking them to research and write. And I do edit each and every piece of content on my own. I format it. I put the pictures in, I read through them. So I do spend the time there. So I think that's what saves some money, but Regardless, that's still a very large investment um, for just content on a site that wasn't making any money when I first put it all out. Okay, and if I do the math right, it's about two thousand bucks a month or so uh, over the course of a year, right? Yeah, Roughly. if you average it out, okay. that's what it gets to. I definitely front loaded the first six months, so if anything, I probably spent maybe seventy percent of that budget the first six months. Okay. And when we break it down like that, it's not to say that $2,000 a month is not a large amount of money. That is a large amount of money, but you don't have to cough up $25,000 all at once for what you've, you've done here. So, okay. And that's important to note now, and I'm, I'm backing into a, a thing here. So you just earned about $5,000 in December and some of the, you know, my cynical side, or maybe there's some listeners out there say, saying, they're, they're, they're shaking their hand at you, Charlie, and they're like, well, December is sort of artificially high. It's not to say you didn't earn the 5K or whatever, but is it going to come down? So we're at the end of January right now. What does revenue look like right now? If you had to predict what it might be through, uh, say, the next quarter or so. Yeah, with the consistent traffic numbers I'm seeing, I'm still going to make $3,000 for the month of January. And the only reason that number is lower is because what you just mentioned, just the lower RPMs for January versus uh, December of last year. But yeah, even $3,000 a month, clearly the business model still makes sense even with those RPM numbers, which is great because that's going to be the lowest RPM numbers all year. So, And we also want to highlight, like it's still kind of on a growth trajectory right now because you published a lot of content like throughout the year and in the last quarter and that takes time to rank. Do you have, I mean, is it still sort of just growing in traffic here? Yeah. So I have some pretty good numbers I could share. Um, only 200 articles of the thousand plus that I published receive 300 sessions per month where they really contribute to the growth. So a lot of articles are still ranking and still being included in that. Um, I definitely put a big content push the last month or so. Again, now another 50 plus articles in December when I kind of eclipsed a thousand article mark. I, I continue to kind of ride the momentum on keywords that I found. So there's still, I would say there's still at least 200 articles that really don't bring in any traffic just because they've only been published in the last couple months. Um, so yeah, growth trajectory for sure. But it's almost the mentality of, okay, great, content's up there to rank and grow traffic for the next few months okay, but how am I going to worry about traffic growth for this summer and end of this year? So those are the articles I'm thinking about now. So it, it's not worth getting complacent. Once seeing these traffic growth numbers and their earnings for the site, like it's working, like let's just keep running forward with it and try and make as much as we can. Because we've talked a few times before, I'm not diving into as many questions as I would. So for people that want uh, more details about the origin of the site, some of the keyword research and all that stuff, check out the other interviews. We'll link them up in the show notes so you can easily find them. But I'm intentionally skipping those because Charlie and I have talked about this already. So before we move on to sort of future plans, Charlie, is there anything else uh, that you want to mention here that I forgot to ask you about that will set the stage for what's coming up soon? Sure. So I've probably went through a hundred plus applications between Upwork and different writing agencies. And I've used some content 
sites that focus on, you know, having a team of writers already in place and you kind of give them the piece of content, they assign a writer to you. And then over time I found some writers I like and stuff to that. But even though my site is growing and I have writers that are working on content, I'm always trying to add to that team. I think one thing I've noticed is as my site's grown in size and grown in maybe credibility and authority, you know, not even with just Google, just with, you know, readers and, and people in the community, I'm having an easier time finding higher quality writers at a fair price because of where the site is at now. And that's been an interesting development the past couple months. And just to give a quick example of that, there is somebody I hired um, for four cents per word. It's a little more expensive than what I normally do, but they are able to write a more in-depth type of article for a certain type of topic that I'm trying to focus on. Um, they have experience actually in my niche. They lost their job, unfortunately, due to COVID, but they're writing for me right now. It's somebody I just acquired. They just joined Upwork the last couple of months, so like fairly new to the community. I've been training them on formatting. We've been making progress there, but this is somebody I probably would have never hired if I didn't have a reputable site in the niche where they kind of looked at it and were like impressed. And to be honest with you, I think they're probably worth five, six cents per word for the type of research and knowledge they have. They just don't have the experience. And I think they're kind of happy to be working with me for the content that they get to write. So more of that's starting to happen. And I'm going to try and leverage that as I hire more writers to the team in the next couple of months. On that note, are you at a spot now where you're thinking, hey, that that person is a bargain, but I don't want to lose them. I'm going to pay them more. Yeah, absolutely. I'm at that spot. This person specifically, they've only done maybe six or eight articles at this point in time. So I don't want to bump them up too quick where they're going to expect that every couple articles. But I have mentioned that to them, like, look, if this continues to, you know, move quickly and you continue to put more content out for us, I'm happy to increase your rate. I think that person specifically, we're doing a lot of format adjustments still. So once they get that down, maybe that's when I can bump up their rate. But there's another writer I hired around the same time that they wanted to write for such a cheap rate just because they were so happy to write for the site. They said, as long as you let me use your articles and post as my samples, like I'm happy to write for you for this rate. And I was like, that's ridiculous. You're doing great work. You spend so much time on research. Um, I want to pay you almost double what you're asking for. And they were like blown away. They were so happy, but the content they're putting out and the research that they're doing in their articles, like it, it makes so much sense for me to do this. I'd be silly not to pay them at least this much. And to be honest, they're probably gonna get another pay bump too, just to keep them around if they're that good of a writer. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Niche Website Builders. And I'm pumped to bring these guys back on board as a sponsor. They helped me out a ton with one of my recent sites. Well, I say recent. I think it's been about 18 months at this point since I started working on it. But they wrote most of the content and they did this fantastic link building campaign, the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign and... It was remarkable. It was basically a brand new site when they started working on it. And we got the domain rating as reported by Hrefs up to about 49. And I think that was in like six months or so. I mean, it was pretty remarkable. I basically had them start working on link building as soon as I started publishing content. And one amazing thing, and I'm going to talk more about this in an upcoming uh, sort of case study and, and something we could follow along with, they were publishing 20,000 words of content for me each month. And we did that, I think, for about eight months, something like that. It has been growing. I haven't published anything new in the last several months, but it's been consistently growing after publishing. And part of the case study that we're going to be working on is just pumping out a lot more content. And with all the informational content sites doing so well, that's what we're going to do. So more to come on that. But if you want to check out some of the stuff over at Niche Website Builders, I'd really appreciate it. It's great if you let them know that you enjoy the support that they give for this show and you can get my coupon code. So just follow the link in the show notes here and you can save 10% on the link building campaigns or if you get anything with content, they'll give you 10% more. So thanks a lot to Niche Website Builders and let's get back to the interview. And I'm going to take a little left turn here 
I get asked about the AI writers all the time. And I I honestly hate getting that question. It just seems like a waste of time. If people play around with the tools, I think they'll quickly see that it's not exactly what they think it could be. So you're publishing a lot of content. Have you used any AI writers? Have you thought about it? Have you tested these at all? Like, would you pump out, you know, thousands of articles using an AI writer? Um, I probably would never do it. I know sometimes never say the word never. I would definitely never do it for this site that I'm working on right now. But like at the end of the day, I'm you got to get back to what's your model. My goal of my site is to be informational and helpful. Like that's the first priority. If I'm not being informative and helpful to people that are searching for that topic, like, yeah, you may rank for a little while, but eventually you're going to disappear. And like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a sustainable site in an evergreen niche that continues to grow and attract users AI is not going to do that for me. I'm not saying my articles are that personal, but they're so informative and so research-based that if I bring that AI element to what I'm doing, it's just not going to yield what you'd want from a site anyway. I think another thing people forget about too is like the AI thing sounds wonderful, all this content and stuff, it's great, whatever. But even if you get all that traffic and people are coming to the site, it doesn't take that long to realize the content isn't flowing nicely and maybe it is AI driven and there's not much to it. So even if somebody clicks on that page, you know, what's that going to do to your ad RPMs if someone's clicking in and out of your page quick? What's that eventually going to do long-term to Google rankings? I just don't buy it. I mean, I see a lot of people that do it. They build these sites with 10,000 articles plus. They monetize it with some crappy ad network, make some decent money and then move on from it. But like Ezoic, Mediavine, AdThrive, they're not going to be accepting these sites. Um, and I ultimately think that those other lower tier ad networks are not going to accept these sites because Google partners aren't going to want to work with them and whatnot. And I think ultimately that's what's going to be the end of content publishers getting too stuck with AI is realizing, okay, AI is actually the reason I can't work with these publishers anymore. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting involved. I think it's eventually going to be like a crackdown from the monetization companies more than Google itself, actually. That's brilliant. Charlie, I never thought of that. But yeah, you still might have traffic on your site, but if you can't earn any money from it because it's garbage, then what's the point? Interesting. Right. Like I'll take 50,000 visitors a month at $30 RPMs versus 200,000 visitors at $3 RPMs. Like who cares? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, you were telling me a little bit about some of the uh, like link building and outreach opportunities that you're running into. So let's kind of shift into what's coming up for this site. And let's start with th- this link building approach that you were telling me about. Yeah. So I think my site is getting to the point where now I'm at the one year mark that content has enough link juice from what I've built the last 12 months through through Haro, through Outreach, through some link providers that I've had really good experiences with where there's enough authority there. But now I want to kind of get to that next tier. And just to put it in metrics, I think on Ahrefs, I'm right around a 35 for domain authority or domain rating. Um, So I'm trying to think about how can I go outside the box and kind of get to the next level. And one thing I realized was, you know, it's great to have content. It's great to have a site up. But you got to really establish yourself as an authority in the niche with the actual people in the niche that are already doing really well. So I've been joining a lot of groups and discussion boards and trying to speak with more people in my niche. And a few things I've actually learned there outside of just links is, you know, what content ranks and what content can make you money? You know, what are other ad revenues that people are seeing? How do they construct their websites? What type of growth have they seen since they started? What are other methods of monetization outside of ads for my niche? Is it affiliate offers? Is it ebook? Is it products? Is it something else? So I've learned so many things just from already diving into that with the original plan of trying to acquire some links. But speaking to the link specifically for my strategy now is I've been joining some groups and I reach out to people. Usually it actually starts as I put out like a general message within that group, like, hey, you know, this is my website. This is what we're doing. We're trying to find people in this niche that have content related to this topic. We want to reference some of your pieces of content with the do follow link on our site. Um, let me know if you're interested. Uh, we want to create partnership with people in this niche and learn more about what's going on. 
and you'll get like a ton of responses. So like if it's, you know, Reddit or Facebook, people will just comment on it with their site and their write up or whatever they do. So rather than just replying there, I respond, Hey, great. Thanks for this. This is super helpful. Quick question for you. Check your, check your DM. So I'll send them a message. They'll respond and I'll just chat with them. Be like, wow, like your site's awesome. This is what I really like about it. This is what I got. You know, it's my takeaway. They'll be like, oh, by the way, I looked up your site. I saw your numbers on SEM Rush. Your traffic's insane. How'd you do that? I'll give them my honest feedback. I'll tell them what I did. Want to help them? They'll be like, oh, it's a general stand-up guy. He's trying to, you know, help my business. You know, wants to link back to me. How bad can he be? Make that relationship. I actually try and find an article that makes sense on my site that they published, so I can kind of build that relationship with them. Um, most times I usually just publish that article and say, great. If we publish more articles in the future about some of your topics, we're going to link to you again. They go, wow, they're, you're great. You're super nice. Thanks so much. And I'll come back to them maybe a few days later and be like, oh, by the way, you know, I saw you had an article on whatever. We have a great article that could be a great resource for people searching for that topic. Um, perhaps you want to include it to your readers. You're more than welcome to use whatever pictures we have on our page. If it helps your article become better. And it's crazy. I think like 60 to 70% of people reply back, yes, great. We'll link back to you. Now, I, I, I got excited in the beginning when I was getting all these links. But then I realized, oh, there's a reciprocal link. You know, I link to you, you link to me. It doesn't really feel like that because it's more of like a connection. We're trying to help each other out. But we're also not linking to the same page where it looks fishy. I mean, I'm linking to them on one of my articles, then they're going to link to one of my different articles on a different article that they have on their site. So it's not like a true reciprocal link. And if I already have this diverse link structure of over 5,000 backlinks and 1,000 plus referring domains, acquiring a few of these from DA50, DA60 plus sites isn't going to hurt me. And I think out of the first 10 links I acquired, five of them were DA50 plus and three of those five got over like 300,000 page views a month. Like they were real authoritative sites. And at the end of the day, I'm making a great relationship with someone. I've had some really cool conversations. Actually, one conversation came out where somebody reached out to me who had 500,000 sessions a month and they wanted to interview me about how I grew my site in 13, 14 months to the level it's at now, which I think is a great opportunity for me to maybe pursue the podcast route for my niche and whatnot. But a lot has come from this and it's really getting away from the whole link building side of it and realizing you're trying to help a business. You're trying to be a good stand-up person and actually provide content and information for them. And you'll be re- surprised how people respond. Some people do build up a wall. I mean, I've had one lady reply back to me. She's like, great, let's get on the phone and chat. And I'm like, okay, fine with that. But it's currently like 1130 PM my time. Cause I usually work on my website like really late at night. And she goes, oh, you must be lying to me. And I was like, no, like this is where I live. Like This is the time. Like I'm more than happy to chat. We could chat tomorrow. And then I just never heard back from her. But get a couple of weird interactions here and there. But the hit rate is insane compared to this email outreach that everyone does. It's just so much more personal on social media. Nice. This is amazing. I mean, this is essentially what Christy has done with with her niche, which are, I mean, y'all are working in completely different areas, of course. And there's communities about like everything, any kind of weird thing that you're into. Um, the quick quick example, which I'll I'll bring up again later, is uh, I've been watching a bunch of like luthery videos. It's like guitar making, basically. And I, I, I may, you know, never never do it, but there's a whole community of people that like build guitars, like in their garage that are not like professional guitar builders or anything like that. They're just doing it as like a woodworking hobby, but like they would totally be able to go to, to a Facebook group and say, Hey, I just posted a video, like uh, check it out. And like basically just network is, is what you're describing versus of, of course the terrible outreach that we see all the time with, you know, emails blasted out. And at best, you know, most of the time with the emails, and the campaigns that people run, they're going to get kind of crappy links from kind of crappy sites that maybe are sort of related, but you're getting like some of the best links from highly trafficked sites, which one question I want to ask you about, it sounds like maybe the lady who wanted to do the the phone call is in this situation where she's maybe viewing you as a competitor and she's like, I don't want to work with my competitors. So the sites that you're reaching out to, are you competitors in some capacity, but 
you're all smart enough to realize that you can help each other and you're not directly competing with each other? I love how you asked that because that's what I was about to elaborate on. I elaborate on before we moved on. Speaking specifically to that lady, I think it was more of a trust thing with, okay, like, what are you trying to get out of this? This seems really cool. I saw that you gave me a link, but like, what is like something else? I think she just thought I had like another ulterior motive. I was going to steal her content or something. Cause she kept asking, she's like, what are you using my link for? I don't know. Maybe she's just not caught up to speed on SEO and linking back, whatever. Her site wasn't that big where I was like missing on a huge opportunity, but Usually what I say to them in the first couple messages is like straight up front, hey, this is what we're doing. This is our site's mission. Um, we built it up to this amount of traffic and this amount of time. But our goal is not to compete with sites like yours in our niche. Our goal is to work with sites like you and help promote your sites. Because what that does for our readers is it makes us more credible that we're referencing the best content sites in the industry. Um, so we actually have a pretty strict process for the sites that we link to. You definitely, you know fall under that umbrella of credible sites and we're going to move forward with you because of that. If you want to link to us, great. I think it helps your site and your readers, but more importantly for us, we're linking to you because we deem you as an authority in the industry. And if it's okay with you, we're going to link to some more of your articles in the future. Of course, it'll be a do follow link, but just want to make sure that was fine with you. And I think people really step back and go, wow, that's pretty neat. Um, my site is pretty unique to everyone that's in these groups it's a little bit different twist on it. Um, maybe a little bit more informational and less e-commerce-y, I guess is the best way I could describe it without giving away any more about the niche. Um, and people are usually pretty receptive to that. I'll have quite a few people and I'll say maybe like two or three that actually responded back right away after I showed them the link I placed for them. Just showing me, oh, great, cool. We gave you a link here. We found an article on your site that was awesome. Like We linked it here already. And I didn't even ask for it. So there's a lot of that like immediate, like, here's a link right back. Like, I get what you're doing. We're all about it. Like, you seem good and done. Move on. And I just reply back, wow, like, that's super nice of you. But um, as long as it's okay with you, can we link to some more of your articles in the future? They say, absolutely. I add them to like a short list that I have on a spreadsheet of all sites that I like to link to. It's only like 20 sites right now because I haven't done this too much. But hey, they were nice enough to link back to me. I'm happy to add them to future content. And they'll really get traffic from my articles too, which is kind of neat because my article is like informational. Go see this. And that's where I think they thrive from, which is pretty neat. One note on reciprocal links and just to let people know, I think they got a like a bad name when people were doing like blog roll links on their homepage or something like that. So it would be like homepage to homepage. And it was very clear that many, many sites were just putting blog rolls up and exchanging links. And there was, you know, word on the street that Google was basically not recognizing those reciprocal type links. However, uh, times have changed as, as we know. And if we think about a real example, so I'll just make one up. Uh, Backlinko and, and Brian Dean link to Neil Patel, and Neil Patel links over to Backlinko, right? That's not weird because they're in the same topic area. They know each other and worked together in the past. And if they have a good piece of material, they'll link to each other, probably not homepage to homepage. That would be a little bit unusual. But just like you're saying, Charlie, they'll link from a specific post on long tail keyword research to a reference on the other site uh, that makes sense. So if you think about it in practical terms, we could come up with plenty of examples where there may be you know dozens of links going from backlinko to neilpatel.com. And it's totally natural and it actually helps the you know, both uh, pieces of content on either site. So that that's what we're talking about. And I, I believe it's no issue if it's truly referencing, uh, you know, better information or where people can learn further. But do you have any thoughts on that? Or, you know, no, no need to repeat what I said, but does that sound about right? Is that what you think? Yeah. After the first day I did this, I was searching all articles about it and Ahrefs had a pretty good source on it saying the amount of links that ranked number, amount of sites that ranked number one for 10,000 phrases, how many of them had reciprocal links? And it was like still a good number. So they, they were pretty much justifying everything you just said. Perfect. Okay. 
Anything else on the uh, outreach aspect before we move on to some of the upcoming plans? No, I think that's it. I think that's something I'm going to continue to do. I think I'm going to pick my spots, but um, I'm trying to some other you know, type of link building opportunities to work with other creators and other content publishers where it makes sense for both of us. So I'm going to try and play around with more of that. So that might develop uh, more in the next couple of months, which will be good for the site. One one thing to look at, and I know this is what Christy did, is to go to you know other platforms where maybe they they may not even have a blog or website to get a link from, but they have a huge following on TikTok or YouTube, and just having them mention your site can bring you a lot of traffic from different sources. It may not be you know a reliable evergreen source of traffic. But having those big blips of traffic, you know, going to your site from social media, I believe is a good sign. And then the other portion of that is other influencers follow those big names and, you know, other platforms. So your site and brand will potentially become just more popular because they're seeing it in different places. And I mean, you can essentially use the same strategy where you, uh, highlight the top 10 uh, influencers on YouTube. And then you just write a little blurb, link back to them, let them know. And slowly you'll build more and more relationships from there. For sure. I think once your site has authority with your backlink profile and more importantly, your traffic, and you can see that on all the keyword tools, people that know how that stuff works can easily establish your credibility and they're more willing to respond to you knowing, okay, this is actually like a real site with real value versus someone that just started the site two months ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so what's coming up? Um, you hit the goal of publishing a thousand articles in a year. So what do you have planned for 2022? Right, so everything kind of went to plan from when I first started this, you know, 13 and a half, 14 months ago. Um, you know, uh, when I first thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, I'll hit a thousand articles and I'll just stop. Um, that's not going to be the case. I I think a realistic goal is not going to include publishing another thousand articles this year. I just don't think I can. I, it, it was very draining. I mean, the amount of nights I would start at like 10 PM and finish at two or three in the morning, editing and publishing articles was very time consuming. I guess the solution to that is I could hire an editor and build out the team in a different way where I'm less involved. I also like being involved, so I don't want to completely change that over. But I, I think maybe somewhere around the 400, 500 article mark this year would be pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to try and be more strategic about my budgeting and how I spend money on it. But if the site continues to really bring in this type of revenue on a monthly basis, I'm not going to have to even invest that much back in to achieve that type of number for new articles published. Um, I want to continue publishing content. I know one thing that we've discussed in the past is kind of editing content and trying to improve it and improve those rankings. That's something I'll look at a little closer. And there was one article, I think I used as an example last time, very competitive keyword, 9,000 searches a month. I wrote the article at the end of December, 2020, when my site was first published as like a template type of article, more than me trying to win that keyword. Um, I'm actually up to the third position now. And that's been a combination of updating content. I think I added about 400 words, 200 words and two different times with a subheading for each time and building some links through uh, social media profile links, um, doing some guest post outreach. Um, I think actually that article got me a link on Haro. Interesting enough, it just worked out really well. It was like a perfect fit for a, a topic they were looking about. So there is some juice to that article. I'm updating it. I'm going to try and see if I get to the first position eventually all those sites around that keyword are really authoritative names like sites DA 80 plus their article isn't as laser focused as mine for that topic. So I do think I have the best article there. They're just really competitive sites that are going to be tough to compete with. One of them's like a high authority in my niche. The other one's not really a high authority for my niche per se, but just like a real authoritative, uh, informational like website. Um, so it'll be interesting to work with stuff like that. And then maybe I could take some of those principles to improving other pieces of content um, in 2022. 
Thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring this episode, especially their new product, Leap. Leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals. It was built for publishers, and in fact, it's free to people that monetize with Ezoic. And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic Edge technology. And basically, Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. And you can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost so you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies, but basically you can just use Leap and generally, and this is the stats that Ezo excites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they are using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. And keywords, are, are you in a spot where you're starting to run out of keywords? Do you have a vision at this point, how much content it could be like say f- four or five years out or something? I will never run out of content to write for the site. Uh, I made it broad enough where I'm not really limited. I have certain type of clusters that I focus on that are kind of the same phrase. And I switch out one or two words because it's an informational article about all the different you know keywords or different topics within that category or subcategory. So there's plenty of those. And I have a few cases on that site where I'm writing 100, 200 articles about the same type of question, just a different name. And those have done pretty well at the rankings. And I usually have a writer focus on that. But even just like general questions, like how long is a typical Doug Cunnington show? Like questions like that about my niche. There's so many of those that are hard to find in a keyword research tool. Sometimes the best thing I could do is just like walk around, talk to people, see what people are saying. Like the amount of times someone said a word or had a question and I was like, oh, that's a great article idea. Let me write that down. So there's always going to be opportunities like that um, beyond just keyword research tools. There's plenty to write about in my niche. Um, I think the bigger conversation is what keywords am I going to go after? Am I going to stick to my low competition phrases or am I going to start maybe graduating to the next level of some more medium and high competition keywords being a bulk of what I put on the site? Um, The answer to that for now, I think it's going to be a mixture. I think I'm still going to stick to the low competition keywords. I know it works. I know I'm ranking for that. It's producing and it's uh, making sense of the business model. It's bringing enough revenue to justify it. Um, But eventually, I mean, medium high competition keywords can really make the site get from, uh, the six digit month uh, mark from sessions per month to the seven digit mark for sessions per month. I think that's, what's really going to be key to getting to that next level. Yeah. That's amazing. Just never running out of keywords. So in, in four or five years, there could be, you know, several thousand pieces of content. Amazing. I can't imagine. I think, I think the only thing there is people still using Google and my guess is people will be. So Right. I think it, I think it could work. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see any issue. Why not? Well, how big's your team right now? And when you were talking about not, you know, maybe having the motivation or time to publish another thousand. Of course, yeah, you could hire someone to do what you were doing, even if you like it. I mean, you don't have to outsource a hundred percent of that. You can still do some, but hands down a content manager and editor was the best hire that I made when I was publishing lots and lots of content like that and not using an agency. So, um, yeah, what's the team like, what's holding you back from just letting go a little bit more and having a little more time now that the site's earning more money. So I have about seven freelance writers as a, at this point in time, it always changes. It can go from as high as maybe eight or nine to as low as around four. I would say there's about four writers that have been with me since the beginning of the project that I continue to go back to. 
<clears throat> I think two of them is very cost effective. One of them works very slowly, but they're cost effective and they do a really good job focusing on a specific type of title. And then the fourth writer of those original four is a more expensive writer. They take usually two weeks to write that article, but it's like a massive 3000 word plus post, a lot of pictures and those posts all do really well. I think like 90% of them rank top five within uh, four or five months and they're medium competition keywords, which is awesome. So building the team where I'm maybe adding some more writers to those original four, because even though I'm at like seven or eight right now, it's really four that contribute a good chunk of the content that I can trust and maybe, you know, slow up my ease on wasting too much time formatting those articles. They really seem to have it down at this point. The hurdle for adding someone to edit the content and publish it. I just have a weird thing about giving someone permissions and a login credential to go into my site and do it. I know it's the way it's done. It's like, they're just really publishing content. That's all they're able to do. They can't like touch other things and play around with it. I don't know. I think I just have a good knack for formatting it, putting the images up. I don't think it takes that much time. I mean, obviously it takes enough time where it's kind of a bottleneck, but I don't think my writers can produce enough content where I can be replaced and like, use my time elsewhere for this project. Like, honestly, I think if I got an editor, I'm pretty much not involved in the project at all. And I'll waste my time checking analytics and doing silly things that really don't move the business forward. I mean, the one part that I would never outsource is keyword research. Like that's obviously what my skill is here. That's grown the project. Um, this is what causes me to hundred fifty thousand sessions per month and a thousand articles. Maybe someone else gets only 70. Like, I think that's, where I have value and that'll never be replaced. I don't know. I just feel like if I remove myself from the editing process, I'm spending more money and I'm probably wasting that time. Um, just looking at analytics and doing pointless stuff. That's not helping the business. So maybe for the best interest, it's probably worth me still staying involved, but I am still cautious. You'll come around at some point. Um, <laughs> so and I'll, they all do. Yeah. They? I'll, uh, you, you do an awesome job on keyword research and formatting, but trust me, you're replaceable. I mean, think about, <laughs> think about, I mean, it could be hard to hire some random person, but it's great when you hire someone and you're like, oh, they do that better than me. That's like, I, I was actually making this worse. Now, all, all that to say, I like a very small team and I, I do a lot of work currently right now that I probably should be outsourcing. And I, like you said, you kind of enjoy it. And sometimes it's just a little easier to do it yourself than to hire someone. So I appreciate everything that you're saying. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to challenge you a little bit on it. Just, I mean, especially when I think back to my corporate career and I was for some time, maybe when I was, uh, young like yourself, Charlie, I was like, man, you know, I'm doing some really impressive stuff. I'm unreplaceable. And then 10 years later, I was like, oh, they they would fire any one of us. Like they, there's <laughs> literally hundreds of people that could do exactly what I'm doing, this very specialized thing. Um, however, it's on your site and it's, it's working really well. So I, I know I'm comparing apples and oranges, but if you can get out of your way just a little bit, you can still... Um, you can still do some of that uh, formatting or maybe the way I set it up when I hired that role is they, I told them not to publish anything. So I looked at every single piece of content and I hit publish for that content. As time went on. I like that idea. Yeah, because I mean, I want to touch, like I'll slow things down to do a QA, like at different stages so the handoffs don't get fucked up uh, along the way. So I, I would I would look at it and then you would still have control. You could still tweak things. But what happened was over time, I realized that I was just, I was hardly even skimming it. And I, then I would spot check like 10% and I would publish 90% of it with barely even looking at it. And then it, you get used to anything essentially. So, all right. I'm not going to try to convince you, but I think I, I, I planted the seed. <laughs> that's good i guess too because the other concern is like adding pictures and obviously i use like a premium picture provider so i have to 
spend money per picture that I download. So I have to give them access to that type of stuff. But I guess I could just have them put the content up and I just literally do the picture and that's the only thing I could do. So I'll look into that. That makes, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, of course. Well, and, and then the other thing too, I mean, you can give them access to the account and then give them like a certain amount that they're allowed to spend. Like the more you let them make a decision, like you'll be surprised how smart people can be if you like let them make a decision. You'll also be surprised how dumb people are uh, <laughs> as the converse. <laughs> but uh, if if it's, you know, the, the person that you've worked with and you really like them and you're like, you know what, you, you're authorized for, you know, 50 bucks of pictures per week or whatever. And then if any point in time, you know, goes by or maybe you reimburse them, you're like, hey, I'm going to reimburse you. We've been working together a long time or you pay them in advance like 50 bucks. You're like, this is your allotment for per the week. And then move forward. There's a lot of ways to solve the the small um, hurdles here. You do have to put some capital or resource at risk, but you're buying back time and decision making. You don't have to pick the picture. You don't have to log in. There's like all these little micro decisions you're making along the way that you won't have to make anymore. You do have to trust the person though. So. Anyway, I think too, the thing is I've always hired writers and I've gotten that template down. I was intimidated by that in the beginning and I eventually kind of jumped in and hired writers versus using like an agency. So I think also that thing too is maybe find a template for hiring someone like that and that'll make it a little bit easier for me to at least see what people are out there and go through some applications. Just promote one of your writers because they already know what you're doing. Yeah. So, and then they're, they're probably... I mean, they could still write some, but potentially they're bored churning out content. They would want a little break from doing that. So anyway, it's a whole other conversation. I don't want to, I don't want to turn it into something else here. So what about starting um, a new site, right? So you started one in 2020 uh, earlier in the year, and then you were like, Hey, I have a different idea. So why aren't you um, like building out a big portfolio so many people comment on your videos, other people's videos on YouTube. And the biggest question that people have is, you know, should I build out four sites? Should I build out seven sites? Should I build all these type of things? And when you look into the weeds, most of these people probably don't even have one site that has any real growth to it or any amount of traffic. And just people get like excited and jump to different projects. Uh, you got to think about it. It's time and resources that make these businesses grow. Right, it's your time and your effort, and maybe writing articles, doing all the things that go into building the content up, or hiring your writing team. You spend money, all that stuff. If you spread that out to different types of things, it's just like starting like five different bagel shops in an area or location that all can do well, but you only have so much time to start each one. At least if you start one and build it up and create that blueprint replicating it is different. But when I say like replicating it, I'm not saying like hit 10,000 visitors a month, make 80 bucks and then replicate that. Like, what are you trying to replicate? You want eight sites to make $80 a month. It's way easier to make $800 a month on one site than it is to make $80 on 10 sites. Like it's, it's just different. Once you start scaling and once you start growing it and you're like super focused, it's easier to build the site. The other element to it is if you have a niche that's working and you have good keywords that are clearly bringing in traffic, why are you trying to get involved with a different niche that may not work? Like why waste your time with that? Why, you know, come back into something that you have to learn about how the keywords work, learn your competitors all like that's time wasted. I don't have to relearn my competitors. I have to spend time finding out who's maybe new in the industry and who's ranking different articles. But I think the big thing for me is like, like I don't have to learn who I'm competing with. I already know who I'm competing with. I do my keyword research with all that in mind. I understand every site's authority at this point. And yeah, let's grow the asset super big. Um, I guess it could be different if you want to build multiple sites so you can eventually sell some of them. That can make sense. But if you're thinking on that premise, you at least want sites that are making decent amounts of money on a monthly basis where that business model even makes sense. So I would say if you're a beginner, if you're somebody new to this, even if it's only your first couple sites, try and put all your resources and time into one site and see how it can grow. The only time I'd really move it is if you screwed something up in terms of the backlink profile or the niche is just something that's not going to work. It's like super competitive or something you just realized was a miss on that front. But if it works and it's making money, grow it to uh, a mark that really can make it an exciting amount of income on a monthly basis. 
Well said. One point that I want to make around that is from a book called uh, 4,000 Weeks. Have you heard of this book? No, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> it's Oliver Berkman. So 4,000 Weeks is about how long we're, we're going to live. It's like 76 years or something like that. And one of the points that he makes, I'm not going to dive too deep, but I'm, I'm just going to jump right into the website analogy. When you get bored working on one of your sites or you hit a roadblock or something, it's really easy to feel productive by moving on to another site. And I think that happens often. I mean, forget, let's say you got unlimited time. You're still like spreading your focus among four different sites, but I mean, I I did this in the past where I'll work on one site, I hit a roadblock, and then I would move to another one. So I'm making like less than 25% progress on each one because, you know, there's still cost of like switching your tasks and some of the attention that you use by doing that. But yeah, I think you're doing, uh, obviously you're getting great results by focusing like really hard on one site at a time and doing a, I mean, really a massive amount of work where you were, you know, looking at some of the other case studies that I cover out there and you're like, I'm going to publish a thousand articles in a, in a year. I'm going to, I'm going to bootstrap it. I'm going to hire the writers. I'm going to keep the costs low. You're going to get your hands dirty, stay up late. I was going to say the other thing, just if you hire someone, you, you could sleep more. Sleep is great. Like you, you want to <laughs> sleep more. That's, that's one of the best things you can do. So, yeah, I love the focus, Charlie. Well, you are documenting a lot of this stuff over on your YouTube channel, Passive Priority. So, um, and any recent videos you, you want to mention here? I, I haven't, I didn't look today before we chatted, but yeah, are you doing like monthly updates? Yeah, so recent videos, I did a December income report to go through all my income and traffic numbers. And then uh, the recent video I put out, which I think everyone will find very interesting, is a response video to a video I put out almost a year ago, which was how to grow a website to $10,000 a month. And all the data behind that video was my plan to build this site, being optimistic and excited that I could eventually get to that mark. And the video I put out was almost like a response that like, well, this is what I was thinking. And actually, my estimates were below what actually happened. And this is why you can do this. And this is why it's actually quite achievable. I think the number I put out was like only getting 150 or 100 sessions on average per article per month. And the numbers that I saw were already higher than that. And my site's only 14 months old. So it's just a lot of interesting data. I think it's very motivating for people that are trying to follow this type of strategy. Um, It's pretty neat to say. Do you have a, I guess, an idea or a target when you think you're going to hit the 10k per month mark for the first time right so i think december i'm probably on track to hit it this year just because of the q4 rpms it may be difficult for me to hit 10k before that with just monetizing with ads so i probably have to have that other like monetization catalyst to kind of spur income on a monthly basis Um, but i think with the current traffic trajectory I'm not really sure, to be honest, what type of growth I'm going to see the next couple of months. Is it going to be this slow, linear growth? Is there going to be some more exponential hockey-like curve? I really don't know. Things were rather consistent. And then once I got to the 11th and 12th month mark, it did probably receive like a 20 to 30% jump. But usually every week is like a little 2 to 5%. Every now and then, maybe a 5 to 10% growth. And it just moves earnings up slowly and slowly. So I really don't know what to expect for the next year or two. And I guess that's why I'm documenting this case study and communicating with everyone how the project's been doing without giving the niche or the site, but kind of communicating how I'm publishing content and each month I'm doing it. Because I don't know what to expect. Like If you told me I was going to make $5,000 in one year on a content site, I wouldn't have believed it. And that happened. So like I don't know. I guess in December, if you told me $8,000 or $12,000, like, we really don't know what's possible. Someone could probably tell me, but I guess it's always unique to the niche and the keyword research. So we'll see what happens. But look, I hope it hits it by definitely by December. But if it hits before that, that's a really encouraging sign because that's with lower RPMs too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was going to guess something like December, but as you pointed out, you don't know like how much 
new content that you published recently is going to like rank really well, something may surprise you and all of a sudden you'll rank for a much more uh, search for term, a much more popular term where it could like really shoot up your traffic unexpectedly. Right. Um, and you don't, I mean, you, you don't know, you have like a thousand plus articles, so you don't know if one's gonna, gonna hit or if, you know, maybe some algorithm update really helps out the traffic just in general. So pretty amazing. Yeah. The other side to that too is like each time I put out probably another batch of 50, hundred articles, my keyword research is probably getting better. Um, not only am I doing better keyword research for a topic that will contribute traffic in terms of its competition and whatnot, but my site has more authority too. So when that article maybe does get indexed and it gets initial ranking, maybe Google regards newer pieces of content a little bit different on a site versus when I had no authority at all the first couple of months. So there's that element to it as, as well that I just don't know what's going to happen in, a, in the best way possible. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks, Charlie. This is amazing. People should uh, check out your YouTube channel, which we'll link up to in the show notes. Uh, any other parting words before we wrap? I hope to have 1,100 articles by the next time we speak. And if I don't, I want everyone to get on me in the comments for it. So uh, hold me to that. 1,100 articles by the next update. All right. I'll have to, we'll schedule it really soon. So you'll have to hire a content manager. <laughs> I'll like, I'll force your hand on it. All That's right. Great. Thanks, like man. That. Thanks, Doug. Thanks a lot to Charlie for joining me and be sure to check out his YouTube channel where he shares more details and he gives, uh, you know, his own update over there. So it's passive priority and there's a link in the show notes here. And if you haven't been following along, I interviewed Charlie several times in the past so you can follow along in his journey as he progressed from, you know, just getting started, testing things out to having a lot more confidence and just thinking, hey, I'm going to put a lot of money and time into this site and hopefully it's going to work out. I want to plug my couple other podcasts of mine. So I'm just going to talk about myself here for a minute. So bear with me. One, got the Mile High Five podcast. I talk about it more and more it's going fantastic over there. The YouTube channel's growing slowly, but even more, uh, we're getting a ton of downloads. Well, not a ton. It's more than I expected over there for Mile High Five. We talk about personal finance and financial independence. And then the other sort of interesting throwback, it's like a reboot, like people in uh, whatever, Hollywood or movies or TV shows. They run out of ideas, so they just reboot old shows or do a sequel or something like that. My first podcast was with my wife. So we did 20 episodes, and it was called Survive the 9 to 5. It was just kind of us complaining a little bit, but having these conversations, and then eventually I was like, we should record them. For some reason, my wife agreed. She was like, sure, let's do this. But we learned how to podcast, figured out some of the technical issues that we were running up against, and I do a much better job now. But I am starting to republish those. So the reason why is, one, we just, you know, we had the the audio assets out there. So there, it was just not being... Uh, not being distributed for a while as I switched hosting and then was a little lazy and never put it back up online. But people started asking about it, which is kind of cool. Someone went back through the archive of this show and heard references to survive the nine to five. They also saw it listed on a couple web pages on niche site project. And they were like, I can't find it. I see it was indexed at one time and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, survive the nine to five. It's back out there. If you search for it on your podcast player, you should hopefully be able to find it. We'll put a link in the description so you can get to it no matter what. And yeah, it should be on most of the major directories. The thing is, I have thought about rebooting it. It's a nice concept. I am not sure. I mean, I'm already publishing a few episodes per week on the various podcasts, so I don't want to bite off more than I could chew, but generally, it's pretty fun to just talk about some of these ideas, especially from where I sit now, several years past my corporate job, and, well, I can't imagine having a nine-to-five again, especially in the same industry that I was working in before. 
All right, that's it for today. Have a great afternoon or morning or day. Well, you know, it should be a day no matter what. But we'll catch you on the next episode. Pretty cool one. Actually, it is with Mark Mars and it is about FU money. So kind of fun concept and we tie in affiliate marketing and content sites and all that stuff. So we'll catch you then on episode 330 coming up next Monday.